Hello and welcome to Nice Talks. I'm your host Matthew Brown. Today we're going to be learning about NICE's work developing guidance for virtual wards and how it is being used on the front line. Joining me to discuss the benefits and opportunities of introducing a virtual ward or hospital at home service is Mark Salmon, Programme Director in the Science, Evidence and Analytics Directorate at NICE and Becky Housley, Consultant Nurse at Hampshire's Hospitals NHS Foundation Trust with responsibilities for the Virtual Ward Hub. Thank you both for joining. Becky, can I start by asking you to explain what a virtual ward is and how are patients selected? A virtual ward for us is delivering hospital-level care for patients in their own home, but obviously safely. This hopefully will speed up their recovery because they're in their own home environment, but ultimately it will also free up hospital beds for other people that actually require the need to be in hospital. Patients are selected in multiple ways, actually. We take patients, step them up from the community to support with admission avoidance, and we also support with early supported discharge through our hospitals. So that will be supporting patients that want to get home sooner, also support patients that turn up in ED or in the emergency department that we can also support remotely through monitoring. We work really closely with the ambulance service as well, so we also take direct referrals from the ambulances and we can admit them directly onto a virtual ward to ensure that they are managed safely and can remain at home. Since we started developing our virtual wards, what we've realised, it's bigger than just frailty and respiratory. Obviously, there are probably our biggest virtual wards, but actually there's a need for all specialities. And we have roughly eight virtual wards at the moment that we are managing. And one of our newest virtual wards that we've developed is a complex wound virtual ward. And this is to support patients in the community with really difficult wounds that the community teams are struggling to manage. And we've developed an MDT or multidisciplinary team meeting where they can now link directly in with our surgical colleagues in the hospital to enable safe decisions to be made about those patients. And it may be that they need to come into hospital for some surgical debridement, or it may be that we can make decisions to manage them safely at home. But this is a really unique new service to enable those really complex patients at home to be able to be managed safely. And I think we're one of the first hospital sites actually to develop this. And Mark, Can you outline why NICE has developed guidance on virtual wards? Virtual wards and virtual ward platforms are very, very likely to be the way services are going to be provided in the future for the NHS. They provide a real alternative for patients who would otherwise be in hospital to be treated in their home environment in a safe and effective and a managed way. For patients, this offers real benefits to be surrounded by your family, your friends, your home environment and still receive a high standard of NHS care is what we're hearing from patients is what they want. As long as that care is being managed in a safe and effective way, there are appropriate escalations and safeguards. But this is also an opportunity for us to alleviate pressure on waiting lists, on bed occupancies in hospital that perhaps we don't need to provide care in that way, that there are safe alternatives. So we think virtual wards are here to stay and they're going to provide part of the fabric, the way in which care is provided in the future. We think we're reaching a turning point in the provision of new models of care that isn't going to go away. Becky, if I could come back to you and ask about being on the front line and about the operational side of a virtual ward. Are they safe and how are patients monitored? 
We have lots of pathways in place to ensure that patients are safe when they're on a virtual ward. And we work really closely with our community colleagues in Hampshire. So if we are concerned about a patient, we will escalate their care to one of our community colleagues who will complete a face-to-face visit to ensure that that patient is well to remain at home. We're fairly unique in Hampshire. We actually offer three services as part of our virtual health hub. We have obviously our virtual wards. We also support a telemedicine service which covers 260 care homes across Hampshire to support nurses and carers with residents with acute deteriorations. But ultimately, if we're also concerned about a resident, we will also admit those onto a virtual ward and we will continue to monitor them and ensure that they are safe to remain at home. And finally, our last service is the Clinical Communications Centre, which acts as a single point of access into our hospitals. And this supports GPs and our community colleagues with any patients that need to come into hospital. And we will streamline patients to be seen in the right place by the right clinician and at the right time, hopefully avoiding ED. But also we have the opportunity to therefore admit patients again onto a virtual ward directly from GPs, from our ambulance crews or our community colleagues to make sure they are safely managed at home. We can remotely monitor our patients as well and actually we're in a fairly basic stage at the moment room monitoring but we have a platform where we can monitor patients observations where they are rag rated and we can actually decide who needs reviewing more urgently than others. Staying with you Becky can you tell us what are the benefits for a patient being on a virtual ward and also how do they help the NHS? Every patient wants to stay at home. No one wants to be in hospital. And so ultimately, if we can keep patients safely at home, we should be. Being surrounded by their friends and family is only a positive and then reducing the risk of hospital acquired infections must also be considered. Last year we completed a rapid ward evaluation with the AHSN and we actually saw that our mortality rate was only at 2% which was less than the trust mortality rate at 2.8%. Our re-admission rates are continuing to reduce each year as we are continuing to monitor patients on our virtual wards and the NHS is under huge pressure especially over the winter and at the moment if we can free up more capacity within the NHS for patients that need to actually be in hospital, then absolutely that's what we should be considering to keep patients safely at home. Mark, I'd like to bring you back in now as we've heard Becky's first-hand knowledge of running a virtual ward. Can you tell us what the evidence has told NICE about the benefits of using virtual wards to the NHS? NICE teams have been looking at the economic evidence around the benefits of using virtual wards. Are they cost saving? So we've looked at over a thousand studies from OECD countries, including America, and we narrowed down the most significant studies to about 15. And 13 out of those 15 studies are reporting virtual wards as cost savings. But there's a lot of uncertainty in that evidence, but there is an indication that virtual wards are cost saving, but more evidence, more data is required to be collected to validate that. Similarly, we've looked at evidence synthesis across various studies around clinical effectiveness and the indications there, low to moderate certainty evidence that clinical outcomes, including mortality, are probably equivalent or better for virtual ward hospital at home scenarios. So some early indications in the evidence, but a lot of uncertainty. They are clinically effective or no worse, and they are cost saving. And our committee has also been looking at the evidence behind virtual wards technology platforms. What's it found? We looked at 
13 different companies and took data from them to really understand how those platforms were operating. And we are recommending the use of those technology platforms across the system for acute respiratory infection whilst evidence is being generated. The early indications of the evidence is that these platforms are effective. We need more evidence to really demonstrate that cost effectiveness. So what NICE has been doing in its early value assessment program is producing an evidence generation plan that goes alongside the technology evaluation, recommending use while data is collected, and it focuses on the data collection elements that are needed, the data that is required to be collected, in order for us to fully demonstrate the value of that technology to the system. And we're working with partners to make sure as far as we can that the focus of the data collection and all the data collections that are taking place across the system focuses on those key outcome areas that we have identified. And Mark, what resources has NICE developed to support the NHS trusts to implement our recommendations on virtual wards? NICE has produced a virtual ward webpage. We launched this early in November at the NICE conference. It contains all of the evidence, all of the guidance that we've put together, all in one place related to virtual wards. There's a case study on there about setting up a virtual ward service in Greater Manchester. There's a blog about how we've talked to the system, we've talked to implementation sites, different professionals across the system involved in setting up and running virtual wards to understand their problems, understand what they want from NICE. And we've started to put our guidance on there, initially focusing on acute respiratory infection, but with the idea that we would expand that to other clinical areas over time. What we've also done is we've brought together all the relevant NICE guidelines that we've already produced that we think are relevant and that support virtual ward implementations, bringing together all the relevant NICE recommendations that we think support clinical business cases to develop and build virtual wards effectively for the future, all in one place in this website available to the system. Becky, I've got two final questions for you. The first is regarding NICE's useful and usable guidance for virtual wards. Can you explain how it's supported you in your work? Is it important? Absolutely. It's always fantastic to have national guidance to support us working within the virtual wards. Obviously, there's been some recent documentation that's been released, the platform technologies to support with acute respiratory infections. And it's always really useful just to have a thorough overview of everything that we need to consider when monitoring patients remotely through our virtual wards. You know, whether that's thinking about diversity, different cultures, unmet needs. So absolutely, it's essential to be able to have guidance through NICE. Another recent document that I know has only just been released and that's also to support the acute respiratory infections and that's obviously one of our key virtual wards that we are supporting over winter and actually how that links in with virtual wards and what we need to consider when monitoring patients through there and obviously documentation linking in with GPs making sure that clear communication for patients when they're admitted onto our virtual wards is key and how we try and support patients to manage their own symptoms at home but all of this is obviously being supported through NICE guidance so it's fantastic fantastic to have their support and use their guidance. And I understand you've been doing some more research into the green credentials of virtual wards. 
what we've done is we've looked at 1300 patients over 13 months and what we found out is that by managing patients at home and them not being in a hospital bed we've actually made huge carbon savings so the 1300 patients over the 13 months we've managed to save carbon equivalent to driving to the moon and back so it's bigger than just the nhs virtual wars it's actually all about the planet as well Mark, the final question of the episode goes to you. Can you tell us about how real-world data is being used to create evidence on the technology platforms and what questions does NICE hope this will answer? Because there are uncertainties in the economic evidence, because we haven't got the certainty in the published literature around cost saving and cost effectiveness of virtual wards, we've got to try and validate that data in different ways. And what NICE has been doing and will continue to do is work with trusts directly. So we contact a range of trusts and we attempt to extract the economic data concerning virtual wards. And what we try and do is use that real world data, what's actually happening in hospitals and trust, what's actually happening to the patient flows. And we can observe the cost savings in a real world setting by combining data from trusts that we are connecting with. We can evidence what we think is happening from the published literature and fill in the gaps to give us more certainty that what we think is happening in virtual wards is actually happening. So that real world data adding to the body of the evidence that we've got in the published literature to give us increasing certainty about what we're saying to the system about clinical and cost effectiveness. Thank you to my guests, Mark Salmon and Becky Housley. And thank you for listening to this episode of Nice Talks. If you found it useful, please recommend it to a friend or colleague. Remember to hit subscribe to get every new episode delivered to your podcast platform of choice when they're released. You can keep up to date with all things nice via our website and follow us on social media. Search for the handle at NiceComs. Thanks for listening. Until next time.